this is going to be a, a quick talk, and afterwards there is going to be some discussions to talk about among yourselves, please. And that's how we learn, from learning from one another, and as iron sharpens iron, so you guys work with one another and help one another. Sometimes we have hard conversations among ourselves and go through shifts that are hard to go through, and we learn and we get better. Sadly, there's no other way in life to learn if it was easy, you know. But so today we're going to be talking about a little bit about leading the team. And uh, first off, this is a picture from Chris would know a Memorial Day Labor Day. I don't know which, but what was it, Chris? Late in May? What's that? Memorial Day. Okay, Memorial Day. Uh, this is a picture of our leadership team then. And so our team keeps shifting and changing, and that is very normal. So what happens is we're developing leaders. While you guys are here, you get to serve in any capacity. Hopefully, you stick around for years. And if you choose to go somewhere else, we wish you the best. And we wanted to thank you for wanting more responsibility, wanting to be in a leadership position. It is hard. We're well aware of it, and we're grateful for it. So let's move. And so, oops, going back. This is a quote, just leadership is a responsibility to do more and not an excuse to do less. You guys already know that there is nothing new. What you're asking for is you wanting to do more and be held at a higher standard. And that's what it is to be a leader. And again, you guys already know that. Uh, we're going to be talking about the tech team and the gem team. So I want to make sure that we all know that the tech team is a taste experience creator. And our gem team are our guest experience creators. They both create an experience for our team. Our OC team, of course, they are tech, gem techs, so they do both. So that is um, what we do. I'm going to be using the term everywhere, of course. The captain of each ship, you know, we have multiple ships and we keep uh, adding more ships, uh, hopefully in the next uh, few months. So Chris is the captain and you guys is leader uh, and the O'Connor team. So he is in charge of developing you guys. It is a huge burden and a lot of stress. And Vanessa is the captain of the shirts team. She, he, she is in training to be a gem of that store. And so uh, she's the one who's going to be leading this discussion with you guys for the shirts team. David is working on his team. He'll be the captain of the 46. We're building the ship right now. Matthew's making sure the sign is going up. So uh, he's in the Braunfels right now. Uh, okay. So I wanted to uh, share with you a few concepts. One is, uh, I'm going to call this a Dr. Hussein effect. Uh, who remembers a math? teacher or professor or teacher that you guys can remember from school? This is interactive. Yell, yell at a math teacher. Mr. Sassman. Okay. Who else? Yell at Ms. A math teacher. Who? I remember a couple of mine. Ms. Coach Head. Okay. Perfect. I don't remember any of mine. They were that good, huh? Okay. And that was a long time ago that I remember a lot. There you go. So this uh, gentleman, his name is Anwar Hussein. He was a department chair and was uh, my math professor in, in college. And I wanted to talk about this example of this happens in college a lot. And that is you a lot of times have brilliant people who are phenomenal at a subject like math or chemistry, or physics or what have you. But then they're not necessarily the best teachers. Have you guys had somebody like that who may be very good at teacher at math or whatever they teach, but they're not the best teachers? Yep. College professor. A lot of college professors because they get to that level because they have a PhD and they're incredibly smart, of course. And because the skill set that it takes to be great at math is different skill set than being a good teacher. And so the reason I'm talking about this 
is because we're talking about going, uh, going from a tech or a gem to becoming a lead. Somebody may be a phenomenal level three tech or a level three gem and OC team, bear with me. You guys know what I'm talking about. But becoming a great lead is a different skill set. Just because you're a phenomenal and very fast pizza maker doesn't mean you be a great lead. So usually in order to be a lead, of course, you need to be a great you know, tech or a gem. You have to have that skill set. Same as that you're going to be a math professor. You need to know math, of course. But point is, we do need to cultivate that leadership skill set. It won't cultivate on its own if we're not intentional about it. And that is what we're talking about a little bit today. So here's Noah. So we're talking about, again, going from a level three tech or a gem to go to a lead position. Uh, Daniel, do you guys have this with you? The paper I saw, I didn't print it out, though, because I thought it was for after. Okay. Um, all right, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over it as like a fill in the blanks. So either you guys are going to remember or I send a slide and you can look over it. So uh, my performance, I'm sorry. Your performance is going to be equal to your team's performance. When you're a gem or a tech, you may be outstanding gem. You know, customer says, oh, Estelle is phenomenal with customers. Somebody may tell me, and she is uh, great at it, of course. Or, you know, we have tech team. One of the examples would be Ben. Ben, an outstanding tech, and we sure hope he comes back. Great pizza maker. What happens is when you become a lead, you are your performance is not going to be your performance anymore. It's going to be your team's performance that's going to be the indication of your performance. And that is going to be different because a lot of times you're pretty awesome. That's why you're in this position. And you may have a team that's not that strong. And you expect, you know, um, different treatment. And you need to realize again, when you're in a leadership position, your performance equals your team's performance. That's the point I'm trying to make here. Next thing is glory and credit always goes to your team. When you are a phenomenal at what you do, your craft, a lot of times you receive the praise and the glory and the credit. As a leader, you need to always pass the glory and the credit to your team because that is good leadership and that's what it takes. And it's because you're acknowledging that it takes a village to do anything, obviously, in a restaurant and in life. Next one is initiative versus expectations. So an example of dough is that hypothetically it's 8 p.m. And we're going to uh, choose the example of Noah in this case. These are all examples. I'm not trying to, you know, I don't have an agenda. I'm just choosing names and stuff. Hypothetically, Noah, it's 8 o'clock and he realizes we don't have dough. And he comes and says, hey, we need to make dough. And he goes and gets a bag of dough going, uh, a bag of flour going, starting on dough. That is showing initiative when he's a level three tech, showing initiative to do um, that task. However, once you become a lead, you are expected to know what prep is at. What that's you know what I mean. So Daniel may say, "No, fantastic, thank you so much for the initiative you took." Versus when Noah becomes a lead, it is going to be considered expectation that you need to know what prep levels are at, or you take show initiative doing deep cleaning. But when you are in a leadership position, that's not showing initiative. You're expected to do deep cleaning. You're expected to lead the deep cleaning project or the pro prep project. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, it does. Okay. So that's one. Again, I have uh, all of these in, in uh, here for you guys to fill out. Next thing is that this is very important uh, that we're talking about today. And that is when you become a lead, there are three skill sets you need to have 
or you're not going to become a lead or a good lead. One is the technical knowledge of your department. Can I get examples of that? Let's uh, go. Uh, can I have uh, a tech tech examples of technical knowledge of the tech department? Can I hear you guys talk? Weight of cheese on pizzas. Exactly. What else? <laughs> Come on, you chickens. What's going on? Come on. Just tell me. Not, it's just not... We're not even starting serious yet. Just, just uh, what are some of the technical things? If you're a tech, you didn't know X, Y, and Z. Go ahead. How to make dough, how to prep. How to stretch. How to stretch dough. Um, how to make dough, right? How to make a pizza. These are kind of basic tech. What's in the Supreme? How about a gem? Basic technical knowledge on the gem department. Can I hear some things from you guys? Running food. Running food. Gem two duties. What else? How to take orders. How to take an order, a gem one position, right? So these are basic technical knowledge of your department. When you're a lead, you must be masterful at the technical knowledge of your department. Nothing new. You guys know that. Next thing is the technical knowledge of your department as a lead. That is the next layer. Daniel has been, you know, working hard with Noah and Caitlin on this and i know chris has been working on this particular topic with natalie and serena and i'd like to hear from you four please which are some of the examples of technical knowledge you need to have as a lead of your corresponding departments go ahead counting the food uh, counting the food what did you say i'm sorry inventory Inventory. Is that Daniel talking or Noah? That's me, that's Daniel. <laughs> Daniel, you're not, Daniel, I'm sorry. I would like to hear from the four, please. Uh, gotcha, gotcha. Sorry about that. Well, I, I said I said inventory and food order. Daniel just said it louder. Okay, great. What else? Noah, can can you just give us some example? Um learning how to like clean properly, not just cleaning just because you have to. Okay. Natalie, can we hear some things from y'all, please, from OC team? Scheduling. What's that? Scheduling. S uh, the schedule. What else? How to take care of, like, customer concerns Perfect. and comping orders. Okay, so when you're a gem or, for example, and there's a customer issue, yes, we would like you to take initiative and learn to handle some of those things. But when you become a lead, you do need to know how to handle customer concerns. And so that is one of the gem things. So let's go over them. The technical knowledge of your department as a lead, you need to know company mission, vision, and values and embody those values. You need to know our VCB. You need to know the 10-20-30 rule. You need to know what it's to control labor, cheese portion control, <laughs> training your team. It's a skill set as well that as a lead you need to have, setting up the shift for success, deep understanding of prep, deep cleaning, closing tasks, logbook, ops book. These are some of the technical knowledge you need to have for the corresponding department you work um, to become a lead. So <clears throat> I know that your managers and have been working hard investing in you because they care about you.
And they're trying to train you on these technical knowledge for you as a lead. As a manager, you need to know all of these things in a masterful way and other stuff, of course. But these are the technical knowledge. Now, even if you know the technical knowledge, just like Dr. Anvar, you could be phenomenal at ops book, log book. These are tasks. These are processes and tasks um, of your technical knowledge in your department. Then it's a technical knowledge as a lead. Then it is leading people. That's another category of a skill set that you need to learn to, to do as a lead and to do it successfully. And this will be an ongoing thing forever because we're working on it. You're working on it. You're going to be uh, leading your families in the future. You're going to be leading coworkers. It's just what's going to be kind of a forever affair. So um, that's the third skill set that you need to have. I'm going to have, uh, this is one of the things here. What are going to be the three skill sets I need to be a successful lead? Uh, is the part that I went over. Now let's talk about leading people. We're going to go over this issuing a written coaching slip. This is part of leading people. Verbal coaching, documenting performance and logbook, follow-up on coaching that you provided to Kudo and Course Correct. So hypothetically, you're telling somebody to do the drains and maybe they're not doing a good job at it. You go coach them on it. Hey, this is how we actually do it. And you walk away you need to follow back up to make sure that they're actually doing and understood what you're telling them to do. So that in itself is, again, the follow-up and follow-through. It's huge. A, a lot. There, we have a lot of gaps when it comes to this because it's extra work. It is going to require a lot of intentionality. And again, it's extra work that we need to do. Training the team. It's a beast. We are always training the team. This is what we do. And that's what goes back to values of this company. We're obsessed about it. You're going to hear about it all the time because that's what we do. We train people. And also because leading an equipped and skilled team is far easier and less stressful than leading a team that is not very skilled. Is that correct? I just want to make sure everybody's awake. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And we've had that conversation about that with Riley. Back then, we went through a season Riley, if you recall, the closing was a pain. We had hired a bunch of new people. We did not have that many seasoned people. Do you remember what I'm talking about, Riley? Yeah, I remember that. Okay. So people Never at closing, yeah, they did not know what to do. And it was, uh, we had this conversation. If people are trained to do closing, this is how we restock the line. This is how we soup. This is how we mop. When people know what they need to do, they're trained and equipped. It's going to be far easier and less stressful. So and we always have new team members. So again, the work is ongoing, as you all know. Other things, keeping the team productive during slower times, uh, sending people home if need be, or lead deep cleaning projects because of during slower times. Is it harder to keep the team productive when the shift is busy or shift is slow? Slow. Slow. Because... Everybody does outstanding when we're busy. On a Friday night, nobody's standing around. Usually, no one's on their cell phone. No one goes to the bathroom 30 minutes. Like overall, everybody is helping and everybody's productive. So when it comes to keeping the team productive as leaders, especially during slower times, which happens a lot as well in terms of we get slower shifts. Asking drivers to help the team. 
instead of maybe hanging out on cut or, or standing, you know, by the, that was a picture I had. I'm not trying to say that he did that or anything, but just, I had a picture of it. So standing there instead, Hey, can I get two bags of pepperoni to restock under the line? Or can we, can you get me this? Can I have a can of sauce, right? Asking, using our words to lead the team. This is part of leading. If everybody knew that when I come to the, everybody knew what to do on the shift, we didn't, we would not need leads and managers. The reason we have leads and managers is because people don't know what they need to do upon arrival. We have a lot of new people. We even have seasoned people. Somebody needs to, to lead the team. And that's why part of that is asking people to do things. Uh, uh, just a couple other things, getting team members to get off their cell phone. That happens a lot of time. People are on their cell phone and this day and age, and you need to get them off of their cell phone and redirect them. That is part of leading. So when, if somebody walks in, I walk in and I'm seeing multiple people distracted on their phones, I'm going to look at the leaders of the team that are tolerating that. I'm not going to be saying, John, why are you on your cell phone? But rather the lead or the manager, because it is your, it's expected of you to lead your team and get them off the cell phone, helping the team. So having casual pulse meetings, we, as managers, you need to have pulse meetings with your team. And that is just to build report, get to know your team, know what's, what's going on with them. What do they have coming up? That's another, that all are part of leading the team. It's a skill set that we're all working on. Any questions about what I said so far, guys? No. No. Okay. All right, next, which is the last part of our talk, and then you guys are going to work on this, uh, which is heavily going to be in this next section, especially it's going to be important when you've been a team member for a while, then you go become a lead and then you feel like, oh, what if, what if I tell somebody to do something and they don't listen to me, or I tell them to do something, they ignore what I say. Um, or will they respect me? Bottom line is, is that if they don't do what you ask them to do, you may feel they're not respecting you. The question is, have you thought about this? Have you thought about, you know, I've been a tech or I've been a gem a while and now I'm becoming a lead and I have to ask people to do something and say, hey, Brian, can you do this for me, please? Or uh, Adam, can you bring the wires to this? And what, what if they don't listen to me? What if like ultimately when they don't listen to you, it's like you're, they're ignoring you or it's as though they're not respecting you. Is that have that happened? Do you have that thought? I've had that happen to me, yeah. I've had that happen to me several times. Okay. In terms of people not listening to you, is that correct? Yes. Okay. Do you yep. think it happens to me? No. Yes. Oh, yeah. The owner. Yeah, you would, you, you would think that happens to me as well many times. I, not many times, but it has happened many times in the past that I may have asked people to do something and they don't necessarily listen. And or they ignore and or they don't do that happens as well. Um, so don't think it's um, everybody will always listen to you. That won't be. So that's part of leading. That's part of understanding how to lead that team member or get them out of the company onto other opportunities that because they're not coachable. So we're going to talk about this topic and we're going to be talking about how to be a respected leader. We cannot control everything. We can't control, hypothetically, a team member like Julius and Ed O'Connor, right? Has he ignored <laughs> me asking him stuff? Yeah, I asked him to do stuff. He's ignored me. And we pay people. So if they ignore me, then there's nothing to hope, work with. But 
what I'm going to make sure is that am I doing these five things? Am I doing these five things that we're going to go over? Because if I'm a leader that I lead by example, I'm not going to, it's not about me. It's not that they're, it's, it's a problem they have, correct? Because if you're, an, uh, if you're a leader, I have 10 minutes here. If you're a leader that leads by example, you, so this is the, the thing. We're going to go over the five things. How to be a respected leader. One, you need to buy, lead by example. You need to be the example to follow. We need to be like, hey, if we had 10 Vanessas, if we had 10 Skylers, if we had 10 Daniels, that's the example to duplicate and follow. So you imagine, hey, if there were 10 of me, would the kitchen be run smoother or not? Or the gem team, right? So leading by example is one. The next thing is going to be setting expectations upfront proactively. When a team member arrives, are we setting expectations upfront? When drivers arrives or whatever it is, back in the day, Chris was trying to you know, write uh, what's going to be the deep cleaning and stuff that needs to happen and different tasks on there. Am I having conversations with the drivers? Hey, moving forward, each driver needs to do two loads. So throughout the shift, uh, I'm probably going to ask you if you have a minute to do two loads, of shi- uh, two loads of dishes. I already, I'm setting the expectation up front. During the shift, if I see John, I'm making a name up, of course, John, John, may I ask you to do two loads of dishes? I already said the expectation that I wanted him to do that or be like, hey, today we're deck scrubbing. Susan, you're doing this area. So-and-so is doing this area. So-and-so is doing that area throughout the shift. Hey, Susan, this is a good time for you to do that deck scrubbing. Now I set expectations up front. I'm a follow through on what I set. So when you set expectations, you're more likely to be respected and uh, followed because they already knew you were going to ask them, but you know, you're going to be asked to use the, to clean the restroom tonight. So when I'm asking you to do that, you know, deep cleaning or closing task, you already knew that. So the gem team does a great job by having their, um, Skylar, what are we calling that? Uh, gem list. I don't know. Is that called the gem list? We call it. Yes. Yes. So we have the gem list, uh, in the front, that is a way of setting expectations. So everybody knows which position they're serving, what deep cleaning they're doing, and what closing tasks they're doing. So when Skylar is asking them about the restroom, they, they already know what they're supposed to do. Does that make sense? It helps keep them, like, I don't know the word for it, but, like, responsible for their tasks, too. So, like, if we, if Nessa's opening the next morning, she can look back and see who did bathrooms and be like, oh, like, we need to retrain them on this, or they didn't do this, maybe they didn't know, or we need to talk to them. Perfect. Accountability. 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 Perfect. So, that is with setting up expectations up front. All of these areas we can all improve upon. Every single one of us. This is ongoing. So the other one is following through. We need to be a man and a woman of our words. If I ask hypothetically Skylar to do something, Skylar, I'd like you to do drains. I need to follow up to make sure he did the drain. She did the drains in this case. And if she didn't do it, uh, I need to kind of coach her into what's going on and why she didn't do it and what have you. And if she did a good job, that gives me an opportunity to kudo her. She will feel seen that I saw what she did. You know, we have a lot of team members also, they do outstanding. And I feel like sometimes maybe they're not, they do not feel seen because we don't make the effort to go and see what we asked them to do something. If they did it and they did not do it. And if they did a great job to kudo them. So there's always opportunities with that too. But if we don't follow through, it's just like a teacher gives you an assignment. I want Thursday by 9am and you spend the time. And on that assignment, Thursday comes around, teacher doesn't ask anything about it. Has that happened to you guys? Yes. 
Yes. So next time they give you something to do, you may or may not do it. So that goes back into following through uh, to make sure that we're that kind of a leader. Build and report with your team so you can lead them. I think this is one of the strengths of our team. Uh, I would say a lot of the team members, everybody knows everybody more or less. I feel we have a very friendly environment um, and we need to make sure every time we have a new team member, they feel part of the community. But when I have a relationship, say with Estelle in this case, if I'm asking her to do something, she knows that I'm coming to her in good faith. Even if I have to correct her, she knows that I care about her and I'm coming in in good faith. Why? Because there is report. I know her. Obviously, there is longevity, but it goes back into it is important to build report with your team. Whenever you have an opportunity, get to know them. Are you in college? What are you doing? What do you see yourself in the future? That gives you an insight. Are you from here? Are you from out of town? So build on report. They're more likely to respect you and listen to you when there is report. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Again, I do yeah, think that this is a strength of our team as a whole, but overall it is a part of that category. Last but not least, being firm and friendly. So that is another area that if you, as a leader, you need to be equally friendly then you're firm. So when you're asking somebody to do something, if you're not firm and children do that, it's common knowledge, children do that. If you're not firm with them, I'd like you to pick up your, uh, say your bedroom. If I'm not firm about it, that doesn't mean I'm disrespectful. That doesn't mean I'm raising my voice. I'm firm. I want them to pick up their clothes that's on the floor. I'm firm about it. I'm always going to be courteous. I'm always going to be uh, leading with gratitude, of course, when we're in the kitchen, we're asking people to do stuff. We're always courteous. Hey, John, can you please do that? Thank you so much. Would you pick up that? Would you whatever thing it is? So we always want to be firm and friendly. This is an aspect that it, it's a dance. We need to make sure that we're equal. If you have any questions that you'd like me to cover on this show at some point, please be sure to go out our website, um, makingdoshow.com. There is a section where you can submit your form. Also, we have a lot of uh, resources there for you, especially to help you grow your sales and make some dough. Now let's get back to work. Thank you. Bye.